0: Hey folks, it's Ozzy, and yes, there's an explanation for why I'm calling myself Ozzy and not not Jordan uh, in the podcast itself. Uh, But before we get to the podcast, I just wanted to say something real quick. Uh, You may have noticed that the episode released on Tuesday at 5 a.m. of the 21st of December and not the uh, the 20th of December, which is Monday at 5 a.m., uh, and the reason for that is it's totally my fault. I totally slipped up. I didn't edit the podcast when I should have and uh, got a little lazy. So, but next time the epi- a new episode comes out, that's not going to happen. It will be on Mondays as usual. I just messed up my schedule and didn't, you know, I, I just fucked up. So there's no excuse for that. Uh, as for uh, next episode, the next episode is not going to be happening next week uh because new year's is happening uh christmas is literally around the corner and uh next week after that is new year's so yeah we're going to be taking a break from that week to kind of reassess things but uh in any case we kind of talk about that at the end of the podcast as well um but yeah enough talking let's just get into the podcast thanks for listening and uh enjoy that was bad timing welcome ladies and gentlemen to the crook and candle podcast the mailman is at the door
1: yeah pause it
0: (laughs) (laughs) welcome ladies and gentlemen to the happy belated christmas slash new year's special of uh well special it's nothing really special about it's the it's another episode of the crook and candle podcast welcome ladies and gentlemen uh before we get started just need to do all the plugs and stuff before we start Uh, Just to remind all you lovely folks who are listening to this podcast, wherever it may be, whether it be on YouTube, whether it be on Facebook, whether it be on Twitter or even on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify or Stitcher, just to let you guys know all the links to all of our distributions as well as social media pages uh, so you can get in contact with us and send us your questions and whatnot. So if you want to be featured on an episode of the podcast with your questions or whatever or nice things to say. Um, that's where you can find us. And basically, our usernames are pretty much the same, Crook and Kendall, Crook with an E at the end. And, uh, you know, that's how you'll find us. So, um, and always, as always, the link to all those is in the bio link link in the description of every podcast. So there you go. Anyways, I am Ozzy, and I'm Trajan. Yeah, and by the way, for those who are confused, for those who are regular listeners, um, in the last episode, I actually talked about changing my name. Yep. So, and I decided to change my name to Ozzy. In fact, you came up with the name. Yeah. Well, I mean, you thought about well, it. Well, I thought about it initially, but when you said it, like, that was like, oh, okay, maybe yeah, I, was I like, should I, use that I got, name. I
1: got a perfect name for you. <laughs> Ozzy. Yeah. just seems, it seems fitting. Yeah.
0: So, and uh, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, hmm. Yeah, I think that works. It makes it makes a lot
1: of sense, too. Hey, I wanted to, uh, because I was uh, just on Facebook. Yeah. And I saw your post about yeah. changing your name. Yeah. And Diane. Oh, she asked uh, what yeah, the, she, the reason she, was? Yeah, she asked, oh, what what was the reasoning? I'd like to know. So why don't you give a quick answer?
0: Well, my quick answer to that, I, I, I want to say, and you I, kinda said I, it, I kind of alluded to it in the post itself. Yeah. Uh, I didn't give a super in-depth reason. I'm not really going to give that much of an in-depth reason. Mostly my reason for doing so was because um, the years I've been growing up under my birth name, Jordan Jennings, I've had a lot of baggage to deal with, a lot of bad things. Uh, Just uh, me personally as the person I was growing up, um, looking at that. I just, whenever I'm calling, you know, under my birth name, whenever I hear my name, it's just, I associate my name or my birth name with who I was Mm -hmm. and who I was is not really who I am now. And, um, I forget, I think you said it, but
1: like, uh, wasn't it like the Spartans or whatever? Yeah, actually, that's why I took my own name as well, Trajan, um, because a long time ago, my father had talk to me about kind of ancient cultures yeah and the idea that you know when you're born your parents name you right but at a certain point you grow up into an adult yeah a a man say and you based on who you've become you're no longer the child you're no longer the adolescent Mm -hmm. um you're now grown and you have Things that you want to accomplish in your life, your destiny, and all that. So you choose a name for yourself. You take a different name, and I mean, it's we popes take names. You know, when they they're they're named something, but then they come and they become pope and they choose a new name. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like that's how I always associated, um, and especially because I always went by nicknames. Uh, Jinx, JJ, yeah. Trey J <laughs> way back like high school. I used that for a little while, but um, priest, et cetera. I've always had nicknames, but it wasn't really until like Portland when I moved in 2014 and exactly the same thing was happening with me. I had been and I, I this is I was 40 already, yeah. you know, but, you know, I I. That first 40 years of my life, I was this one, this person. And it got to a point, especially when I moved to Portland, where I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm changing who I am for good. Mm-hmm. I want to be this different person. I want to accomplish more. I, I want to be more positive about life and the way I approach life. And, you know, I want to give to people the, you know, the benefit of my experience, et cetera. And so Trajan came up for me and I was like, yeah, Trajan. And then uh, Antaeus, um, which derives from ancient Greek and where you get the word anti. Um, one, it was, it was am uh, trying to think of, cause it was, I, I, it was an African God uh, that couldn't be defeated until Hercules as long as his feet were planted on the ground right and Hercules was able to lift him up and so he defeated him Mm -hmm. but um Antaeus meant like to stand against um and the reason I chose that uh that last name and it falls in line where you're using the last name as well yeah is is that I do stand against the way I was raised and Mm -hmm. what I was what I was told I was supposed to be and who I was supposed to be right and the things that other people wanted for me or envisioned for me I did not want it and so I, I stood against that to become my own person mm-hmm. and that's where Antaeus comes from but yeah yeah
0: yeah and I, I decided to change my last name to Antaeus as well just because hey yeah the, the way when you described what the name was like I'm like yeah that I think that fits for me too and you even suggested well, why don't you change your last name to Antaeus so I'm like, all right, <laughs> sure. I just need to find a good first name. And then Ozzy came up. So yeah. And I mean, Oz-
1: just for those out there, I mean, maybe you guys think it's a little weird, but um, the Prince of Knockness. Yeah. No. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> but the whole the whole first name, last name to, to that's most people don't do that. Right. No, it's yeah, yeah,
0: very. Yeah. It's very abnormal. Like, in fact, uh, it was kind of funny. Like, uh, In fact, I guess this kind of goes into how our weeks went. Yeah. Um, our weeks well, my week went fine. But yeah, like the last day uh before the weekend hit, I actually decided to gather the courage to actually like introduce myself as Ozzy for the first time. And it felt kind of odd. It felt mm-hmm. odd because it's like that's not what I've been called all this time.
1: Ozzy oddborn. Ozzy <laughs> <Aussie laughs> oddborn.
0: Biting the head of a
1: butt. Yeah. But people normally when you you know, you can even say, well, you know, because people ask me about my name all the time sure. when, when, because one they don't know how to pronounce it, mm-hmm. G- oh, yeah. T-R-E-J-E-N, and to me, it's like, you say it the way it looks, Trey Jin. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, I'm always getting people asking, how, how do you say your name? And I'll say Trajan and then they'll be like, and you know, they'll have my card and they'll be like, and and Tay it? Yeah. Yes. And they what's what's that? You know, and I'll right. I'll explain it and I'll say, you know, I was born Jason Jamal Jennings, you know. Um, but I've always felt very different from people. I've lived my life in a different way than most people do. And kinda like I, I've never got to see the movie, it was it We Will Rock You. It, it's the Queen movie. Oh, I think... Yeah, I think that's the one. Is that... I think so. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's the... But I yeah. see this little scene where he comes back... Yeah, he changes home. his name.
0: He changes his name from,
1: what, Farouk? Yeah. Or something like that. And, to, and, and, and yeah, and, and his parents were like, oh, I see you've changed your name. And he was, said something like, well, it wasn't doing anything for me anyway, so, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Freddie works and Mercury works, too. Yeah, that's you know, so. a cool name, too. Yeah, yeah. And, I, I mean, there's a long... Like, I, I love reading, and a lot of times um, writers will have their... I just spilled it, coffee on myself like an idiot. <laughs> Sorry. But um, a lot of uh, writers will have a pen name. Even Mark Twain, that wasn't his name. Yeah, that was, yeah, that's true. Um, but everyone knows Mark Twain. So, you know, there's a rich history in, in becoming your own person and, and choosing your own name for yourself, especially if you can figure out something that fits. So... And like I said, um, for you to change not only your first but your last, and it's it's the name that I chose as well. Is it's not that weird. Me and me and you get along fantastically. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, we have you know? a good.
0: we have a good relationship. And, uh, and considering like the relationships I had, I've had with other people in my family, uh, there's two individuals I could say, but I'm not going to. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, you know. It's, it, you know, like this year, like was fucking awful. And it was, it was, it, it sucks It sucks having to deal with all this baggage, you know? And so like, yeah, my main, t- to get back to what, what my explanation. Yeah. the main reason I changed my name was just simply to take control. Uh, some people see like changing her name because I, I think even, uh, what was it? Honey.
1: Mm-hmm. She,
0: Cause she commented and she, she said something along the lines of like, I forget what she said but I think she kind of alluded to the idea that she was like running away from her past or something like that. Mm. And I'm like I'm not trying to run away from my past. Mm. In fact, I think I think that's a very uncharitable way to look You're at it. You're trying to run into your future. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to move on. Yeah. That that's what I'm doing. So by changing my name and my la- my first and last name, like it comes down to taking control and moving on from the past and going, no, I'm going to embrace my f- future. In fact, um there was a quote from fight club because uh fight club is your and my one of my favorite movies yeah yeah, yeah. and um it, that movie's so good it's just the amount of quotes you can get out of that and remember it's just so memorable of a movie um but there was a like when i changed my name officially or when i if it, well officially it's legally still the same but officially in my mind it's ozzy and Theus. um I, I, I immediately thought uh in fact this was when i was telling uh people at work my name my new name and um you know and i immediately thought of the scene where he's like if you wake up uh the narrator like if you uh go to a different place if you wake up in a different place place different time can you be a different different person person? yeah exactly yeah and it's like and i think
1: yeah you can i think well that's the great thing of of the reason lots of people move um, again, even as a, as a creative person, because it's not normal, yeah. quote unquote, um, you know, most people think in terms of, you know, go to school, go get a job, you know, start at the bottom, work your way up. Maybe one day you can buy yourself a house. Right. Um, that's kind of the get a paycheck from someone, you know, that you, you get a job that has a good insurance package. That's that's the way most people think of living. Yeah, And so to grow up somewhere and eventually say, you know what, I want to be an entrepreneur or I want to be a dancer or a a painter or a writer, you're going to, like we've talked about this before, you're going to catch a lot of resistance from people. People want to hold you. In a, in a place that makes them comfortable. They want you yeah. to be a person that makes them comfortable. And by, you know, abandoning that and, and choosing to live a different way, it, you know, it highlights for them the things that they used to want to do but gave up on. Yeah. And so you'll catch a lot of heat, and that's why a lot of people will move, especially if they're a creative person, um, you know, and they're not, they're raised in a town or a city where there's not a lot of creative diversity and they'll be like, you know what? I'm getting out of here. Yeah. And so once they get off that plane and they meet their first people from whatever job they get, you know, to pay the bills and they go to, you know, parties when people get introduced to them, you get to speak who you want to be, Yeah. you know, in your, in your town You know, you say, I'm a writer, and everyone, nah, you're not a writer, you know, or I'm an actor. Oh, you're not an actor. You just, yeah, blah, blah. It'll never happen. And then you go someplace else, and you meet people, and you say, I'm an actor, Mm -hmm. or I'm a writer. And they go, really? So cool. Tell Tell me about it. And you have a, yeah, I moved out here because I wasn't getting the support, and et cetera, et cetera. So you do get to choose who you want to be, you know. But a lot of times, you do have to move. Yeah. away, away from where you're from to to be this new person. So that actually does line up. And as a matter of fact, I'd say that that whole movie Fight Club in yeah. in general, the reason why I think it it resonated with so many people was because a writer, the right Chuck Palahniuk, Chuck Palahniuk, yeah, he was able to write things down that people think about all the time, yeah, don't have the balls to say it, yeah, you know, and mm-hmm. and. And that's why it really resonates with a lot of people. But yeah. Yeah. I, I congratulate you on your new name. That's rad, dude. <laughs> thank thank you. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, I'm I'm looking forward to the future. And um, you know, and, and that's the thing. It's like I didn't just change my name just just for the sake of it yeah. aesthetically. It's like, no, I, I really do want to change.
1: There's a lot of thought that went
0: into uh, it. Yeah, and, and in fact that's the thing. When I introduced myself as a Aussie for the first time, like that was really hard to do. Cause it was almost like i'm trying to let go yeah. of my old self yeah yeah and that's kind of what it felt like so and i know it's still gonna be awkward like i know i'm gonna go into work uh tomorrow or no wait is what day is it today it's sunday, sunday yeah yeah did. yeah so tomorrow i'll go into work and you know i'm pretty sure i'm gonna hear people call me ozzy and it's still gonna feel weird but and some people maybe even ask me about it but you know it's it
1: is what it is man i'm, I'm moving forward um, well, the great thing is if, uh, if anyone's asking you about it, don't give them too much of an explanation. Sure. Just say, you know, I got a podcast, uh, check out our newest episode, episode eight, sure. <laughs> We're actually got to actually talk about a little bit. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll give it a listen. Sure. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, I think that's a perfect time to segue to the first topic of the podcast. Um, and in fact, it actually has something to do with something that happened to me recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, have mentioned this before. I do this, uh, show on uh, YouTube or show it, YouTube series of videos, um, where I do analytical, uh, videos where I analyze and review old anime, anime hole, anime hole. Yes. Is, is that, that That's what it's called, called. And, um, and, uh, so I did this one video on Akira, and in fact,
1: uh, I was really proud of that video. Now, Akira is an animated video. It came out in 1988.
0: Yeah, So, it, it, and it's one of the
1: most—if um, you've seen— It's iconic. If,
0: yeah, it's a an iconic film, for sure. If you've heard about anime, you've heard about Akira. You've heard that name thrown around a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, I did a video on it, and it was one of my most— proudest videos I did because it 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 was it was and that's the thing I was proud of it for two reasons one it's because I got to tell uh, tell people what it was like for people to experience that from your perspective because I actually interviewed you for the that's right the video and I actually liked that segment yeah 80, that, 89 I got to see it yeah you got to tell your story and um, it was really good and uh, just overall I, I like that video just because I I did a deep dive I did a real deep dive and because that was the thing about that video um, and believe me I'm gonna gonna get to my point but like the thing about that video that I like is that I got to because because I knew initially going to that review I was going to um, not uh, there was definitely gonna be some criticisms I was gonna give to the film and I remember even talking to you about it. Because you really love Vagkira. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's the thing I do too, but I don't think it's perfect. And I made sure to explain myself in the video. Um, but it was really hard to actually write that script.
1: I remember you took quite a long time. It took time. a
0: long time. It took months. Because I had to really, really think about how I wanted to write that script and, and criticize the the work because I didn't want to piss people off necessarily. It was a constructive it, it was I wanted to be constructive and I wanted to let people know that I'm not just talking shit about it. That's not my goal. My goal is to like look at it from a modern context and how it fits into the anime landscape today and whether it holds up or not. And by the end of it I kind of said, yeah, it does hold up, just maybe not in the ways some people may remember it. Mm-hmm. You know. Anyways, long story short, I worked really hard on that video. It came out. Didn't do gangbusters, but my subscriber base was happy with it, and I got a lot of good comments. And four months later, the video got blocked.
1: Now, this just happened.
0: (laughs) It happened, like, earlier in the week. A couple of days ago. Yeah, like, literally, I woke up. I think it was Wednesday morning. I woke up, and I got a notification uh, uh, from my email from YouTube and they're like, we just want you to know that your Akira review got blocked worldwide and I'm like, what the fuck happened So now I what happened was I used uh, the soundtrack from the film Akira, which is also pretty iconic in its own way because it's de- like it's definitely a memorable soundtrack. Uh, just everything about that film is iconic like just the, the soundtrack, the animation, the you know characters, you know everything about it. just the art design. You know, it's very iconic. And what happened was, I uh, in the video, uh, I ended up like introducing the film, and then I edited edited together some footage of the film. And there's that one song where it goes, "Da da 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 ding," you know, like the so that again. If you've watched the movie, you know what that sounds like. Um, and, uh, so I edited that together and it was like, like five to not like 10 seconds, maybe yeah. worth of the song unedited. But it was, I, the whole film, the whole review, the whole, uh, video was fair use. You know, it was constructive. It was, uh, under the context of a review and it was transformative. So it shouldn't have gotten blocked worldwide, but it did. And, um, and and it really made me deflated and, uh, the thing is that the reason I felt so deflated was because um it was because I spent all these months on the video just pre-production, then the production of it, like recording the dialogue, doing the on-screen segments, uh assembling the footage, uh sourcing the footage, uh, you know, getting the the, the fucking interviews with uh uh what's his name? Uh Atomo. Otomo actually like writing notes and all this stuff like I did a lot of work and then just for it to go up for four months only get like 150 views at least I want to say that's how much it got and then it just gets
1: blocked removed like that and that's why we're actually bringing up the whole YouTube thing because you you actually exist in it on YouTube you've been doing it for so long yeah and you know, I i actually asked you a couple days ago when you told me what what had happened. I said, "Do you?" Because I'm trying to figure it out. Right. And I'm like, you know, is it do you is it that you don't have enough subscribers that they would do that to you? No. Because I mean, I've seen other channels, right. And and this is just for people that are doing content on YouTube, right. You know, a lot. Of, I think a lot of creatives have run into this, right. Where other people create something mm-hmm. and you do something similar and they theirs stay up and yours gets taken down. And I was asking about that. Yeah, and 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 you yeah. mentioned something about the way you make videos though. You don't want to make it bland. Yeah, Cause I there's want all it these to be guidelines. Unique. There's guidelines that now, you have to fit into.
0: Here's the thing. There are other people that do the kind of content I've been doing as well under Uh, The realm of anime content on the internet, Um, and that's fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with that inherently. And and or well, actually, I don't know what the fuck I was saying. Like, there are other people that do anime content as well, and they manage to stay up uh, because because they edit their videos in such a way that it doesn't it it tricks the content ID system. Really, here's the thing: the reason my video went down was simple. It was because of content ID is broken. That, that's the reason why because here's the thing. In fact, um, there's another scenario that, that happened recently. Uh, this guy totally not mark uh, he he does a lot of videos related to like Dragon Ball Z and uh, One Piece and stuff like that and and a lot of his videos are constructive now. He didn't really edit the footage Too heavily to try to obscure it or make it tr- or to, to, to trick the content ID system He but he used it under fair use the way he used it was fair use Toei Animation, one day, for these videos have been up for years. And, and by the way, there are plenty of clips you can find of these shows unedited. Like there's still episodes of Dragon Ball Super coming out uh, as they are coming out and they're being uploaded in their entirety to YouTube as is. And those aren't getting taken down for some reason. Why? Don't fucking know. I have no idea. But then this guy, he, he has over three years of work like that gone blocked all these videos blocked and I didn't even know this but this guy uh, was doing well enough that he actually uh, was able to employ people he has a he has an LLC basically Mm -hmm. to employ people as as, you know as employees to to help edit and help produce the videos and all that stuff so and like and um, yeah watching his videos like I felt so bad for the guy because like there was like a follow up video he did where he, he was getting all this support from like PewDiePie and Gigguk and the anime man, all, all pretty relevant people on YouTube. Uh, and you know, being like, dude, this is bullshit. You know, like <laughs> it's so in fact, here's how broken it is. Like PewDiePie did a video talking about it. And he actually, uh, mentioned like, dude, I, I made my own music for my videos and I posted a video and content ideas. So broken, literally the, the, Content I made for my own video got me cop copyright struck, but he made all. But the he movies. made the shit himself, <laughs> so it's like content I used is just broken and it's easy to abuse, and it just makes no sense at all. And in fact, um, because uh, in fact, one of the uh, things I've heard too when it comes to anime content, uh, in fact, I believe this for a while, because uh, in Japan, fair use is very different. Fair use is very different over there. Uh, I believe their fair use, the way it works, is like if it's used for like educational purposes only or within an exhibition type thing, I don't know, then it's okay. But stuff like YouTube shit or like you're using footage of said anime and whatnot for review on YouTube, like that, they, I guess they don't, in Japan, that wouldn't be okay. But here's the thing. Uh, In fact, I actually have a video that I want to, Uh, play for you. I'm only going to play like a minute or two of this because there's this guy Hoag Law who actually, because uh, I was actually wondering about that. I'm like, wait, that doesn't make sense to me. If How can a Japanese company take down videos under their fair use law but apply it to Americans or people from other countries who have very different laws? You know, Wouldn't it make sense for them to go through their judiciary system or law system to apply that fairly within those com- countries And turns out that is true apparently what Toei is doing is not actually legal in fact I'm going to play uh, some of this uh, footage uh, give me one second all right so the video uh, I'm going to partially play I'm not going to play the whole thing because it's like 30 minutes long but the bit I wanted to bring up was this part of his video uh, Hogue Law's video on totally not Mark's uh, Toei takedowns uh, who this guy is really good. He explains a lot of like copyright law when it comes to like internet stuff Especially when it comes to YouTube and he's been very insightful like in fact his stuff is really good I definitely would recommend watching it Hoglaw law on YouTube and uh, I'm just gonna play this one segment From uh, the video and it's like a minute or two. So let's uh, play it
2: There is no such thing as international copyright Which the US copyright office is very happy to tell you if you go and look up these kinds of things There is no such thing as an international copyright, they say, that will automatically protect an author's writings throughout the world. Protection against unauthorized use in a particular country depends on what? Depends on the national laws of that country. So there are conventions. You might hear reference to BERN, you might hear reference to UCC, or just general World Intellectual Property Organizations, or even World Trade Organizations, depending on what you are looking up, and this is an enormously, Com- complicated area of law. So don't get lost in the weeds there. If you have an issue, as I say at the end of all my videos here in virtual legality, contact your own counsel. But it certainly isn't the case that I'm protected where I live means I can enforce my jurisdiction's laws on everybody across the globe. That is not the way. In fact, the US Copyright Office here talks to folks about, hey, if you want your copyright of a US work protected elsewhere, what do you have to worry about? It Says if you seek copyright protection for your US work in another country, It is important to determine the points of attachment under the country's copyright system. Will they protect you? And that's what those treaties and conventions are for. If possible, do this work for your work is published anywhere because protection may depend on facts existing at the time that you publish. The scope of protection available in that country, the other jurisdiction, will then turn on the substantive provisions available under that country's law and practice. Keep in mind, some countries offer little or no copyright protection to foreign works. These are conversations that happen all the time with cross-border transactions, whether it's in my neck of the woods in mergers and acquisitions, or just publishing a book that you wish to go out elsewhere. The internet creates problems for all of this, and copyright and intellectual property in general hasn't solved them. But what we do know is the fact that Japanese law might not allow for the use case that Totally Not Mark wants, doesn't mean that that Japanese company can go and say he can't put it out anywhere in the world. That is not how this works.
0: And that's, 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 that's so, interesting. so basically what he said there is what Toei did to, or hell, in my case, um, I forget who did it, uh, but uh, this, uh, fuck, it was like uh, some Japanese company that owns the uh, license to the song I used in my video. They don't have the right to take my video down. Because according to their laws, their fair use laws, it does not apply to America, Whereas where I live. So if they, if legally, if they wanted to take it down, they would have to go through our judiciary system and then file a complaint and then go through our laws. But it probably wouldn't work out for them because, well, that's not how American fair use laws work. Mm -hmm. Because basically what I'm doing is transformative. And they would have to prove that it's not transformative, but... I'm pretty sure they wouldn't be able to.
1: And they would have to spend a bunch of money. And
0: they would have to spend a bunch of money. But here's the thing. So you may be wondering, well, then what's the problem? If they can't legally do this, why are they still doing it? Well, YouTube's YouTube's the problem. (laughs) The Content ID has been a problem for years, man. It's been a big of a situation when it comes to YouTube. And I've been seeing this stuff happen for years. And so, and in fact, that's why I was like super happy to listen to Hoag Law say what he said, because I was like wondering like why that happens. And so it really just comes down to this. It's like the way Content ID works on YouTube, uh, it's so broken, because that's the thing, even in their like FAQ, like it, it acknowledges what Hoag Law actually said, that it, 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 it even says like in their FAQ, because I think he even pulls it up in the video, but, uh, he, like, points out, like, even YouTube is aware that if a if a claimant wants to file a claim, they have to be aware of their own laws versus how laws overseas work. But that's not what's going on. They're just... These fucking companies from abroad, some dude in an office in a cubicle looking through YouTube videos with uh, the words Akira in it, are they don't care if it meets fair use law in America... Because they don't care. They just want it down. Because as far as they're concerned, they just want to be the guys that have the content. And they know they can use the, the, uh, this broken system to take it. Take down. it down, exactly. And there's not much I can do. In fact, um, I, I was talking to people on uh, a Discord I'm a part of like about it. And they're like, well, why don't you just file an appeal? And I'm like, well, I could. But there's a very big chance they'll fucking file another claim again and take it down again. Because I've seen that happen, too. Where it's like you, <laughs> dude, I've i re-edited videos just to get them up. And like I would edit out a certain part of the video, but then it would get another claim filed on it for a different part of the video. It makes, it, it content ID is just broken on YouTube. And so the point I wanted to make with this, uh, in fact, the, the note I put down on the thing was is YouTube's copyright uh, content ID system stifling creativity? And I think so. I think it is because, because um, uh, in fact, I've seen it with uh, certain channels. Like, there were certain channels that did content of a similar nature, and w- it was much more creative and much more risky in the way they did it. But it was much more fun because of it. and It felt more personable. Uh, but then, eventually, over time, as the content ID system got more and more busted, these, these videos started to become more bland and l- sterile, and they didn't take as much chances they did everything they could to 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 avoid that as much as possible so but in the end in the result
1: it made these videos feel weak and bland and not really which is interesting like as you're sitting here talking about it i'm thinking of big brother from 1984 Yeah, and and you know to the to the point where you're you're a creative uh creating content for youtube Mm -hmm. but you start realizing big brothers watching yep so i can't do this and i can't and again some like you're you got taken down for 10 seconds of a song yeah which is is incredible it's you know um and the thing is too because it's it's not i wouldn't i i I wanted to ask you about this as a creative yet we were talking about stifling creativity Besides it, um, in order for you to 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 put something up, you have to be less creative, more bland, yeah, um, to get by. The experience of actually having your stuff taken down after so much work—how does that? How did that like affect you, like psychologically? Dude, I was depressed. I, I was pretty depressed when I saw. In fact, it
0: it actually crossed my mind where I was like, I might, I might just quit doing the anime whole stuff because if that's kind of the risk I'm going to, cause that's the thing. It's like, had the video, had the Acura video say got like 10,000 views or 150,000 views or whatever, I wouldn't have minded it as much. Um, but because it only got a small amount of views, cause you want the, you want people cause, to cause, see cause what yeah, you did. I want people to see my content. So you know the fact that it only got that amount of views. And here's the thing: I want to make it very clear. It's not about money. It's not even about trying trying to make the most views. The, I mean, yeah, I want views. Don't get it twisted. I, I think that's a thing that everyone aspires to if they're trying to be a content creator on YouTube. Uh, they want to get those views. They want to find out those trip uh, ticks, uh, tricks, and uh, you know things they can do to uh, boost viewership and all the stuff, SEO tags, all that you know thumbnails. You know how to do your thumbnails right, tiling your description so it can pop out more at the viewer. You know stuff like that. I, these are things I've had to learn over the years. So it sucks when I apply a lot of these things and it doesn't even matter. Like what you like. In fact, I, I said it. But before, like, th- that video I did, like, that took months. And so to see it after four months just finally get taken down completely, censored from the internet so no one can see it. It's like, it's it might as well have not even existed.
1: Which is, and this is the thing, because, like, again, I, I'm a painter. Yeah. I think, it, I mean, you, in the art world, you could get a, you can, as long as it's art, you could get, away with it you know there's not much that a person could paint and then it gets starts getting shown at a gallery right there would have to be such an uproar amongst the public right to get it quote unquote censored and then just if i was the painter and it was an important piece of work on that i created and it meant a ton to me getting it censored to where they're like, we don't want the, any photos of this thing. It's just blackballed. Right. That would be incredibly uh devastating. It's but true. But it's so rare. Yeah. That is. So it's it's that's why I was bringing bringing up the the uh, psychological element to it because again, talking about does can, does and can YouTube stifle creativity? I, absolutely, because yeah. it's so easy for someone who creates something for. You know, consumption on YouTube. You Mm -hmm. want people to watch it. I watch YouTube all the time. Yeah. You know, I watch I watch videos on ancient Egypt or whatever. You know, to put all that work into it and for it to be so easily taken down Mm -hmm. is, I would think, incredibly frustrating.
0: Oh, dude, dude, there are plenty of videos you could find of people that where that's happened to them, and I could see it on their faces when and and it's the same feeling I had. You know, like, um, because that's the thing. It's like. in fact, I, I hate it when uh, people try to like discredit uh, YouTubers by going YouTube's not a job. <laughs> get a real job. It's like, listen, you don't fucking get it. Like as a guy who's done video editing for years and have learned the craft to get better and better and better. I can assure you, especially as a solo creator who's done most of my stuff myself, like that anime my whole video. That took months. Um, months of man hours of my own time and my own money even i i put money into that like it, just to make that video possible so when i have all this work that i put in whether you know like production pre-production writing the script uh note taking uh doing all this research that i didn't even need to do but i did because i wanted to be thorough and then uh buying the fucking collector's edition box set of the manga to read through that uh, just so I can write notes for that, uh, you know, and then just all this shit, just to doing the interview with you, just doing everything, editing the video, dialogue, all that stuff. That's a lot of work, a lot. Mm-hmm. So to have all that taken down, and here's the thing: it's like you you mentioned if if, uh, if you put out a painting and all the, these people got in an uproar and wanted to censor it to me, I would say that's a, that's a better fate yeah. than, than, yeah, I than, than, that, than uh, what I, I dealt with, which is, and this is the thing that devastates a lot of people on YouTube, where it's like a lot of times these videos don't get taken down because people are pissed. It's because some bot or some dude in a cubicle looked up your video or maybe not even looked up your video. They used like some algorithm bot thing to just auto-flag videos and block them uh, just to take them down, and knowing that my video got taken down just like that no no debate no nothing just it's gone and there's nothing you can do about it or well i could do something about it i could appeal it but i don't want to i shouldn't even have to go through that Mm. that's a waste of time you know and it's like to to know that that happened to me i think that's worse and it it may it make it it, it, because really. Here's the thing. It's like I could go through the effort of appealing the video, and I might even get it appealed. I might be able to get it back up. But the thing is, that would be a waste of my time. And it's like the lat. In fact, that's why a lot of creators nowadays, they they do everything they can to avoid that in the first place because it's a waste of fucking time and energy. And-, and even then, when you appeal the video, a lot of times it doesn't go up for a while. It- it'll take like... I think it takes like sixty days for some for the uh, the person who filed the claim to appeal or to to respond to the appeal request, mm-hmm. and sometimes these companies will take sixty days. So that's two months of waiting for them to let go. And if they don't answer, the video will go back up. Why the fuck do I want to do that? That is such a waste of time. It all and, and and there's also the possibility where they might go, no fuck you, we're taking your shit down again. Yeah. You know, so, so yeah, are, is YouTube's content ID stifling creativity? Yeah. And you see it in the videos, you see it in the content that's being made today, especially when it comes to reviewing content like movies, uh, or, you know, cartoons or books or whatever. Uh, well, books, maybe less so because it's a little bit different the way it works out. But even then, um, like, especially when it comes to stuff with footage and stuff like that, it's like, um, you know it, it's very hard it, it's very and that's the thing it's like yeah some people have been able to do it right and like uh, guys like critical drinker mm-hmm. like the way he does his videos perfect for him like it makes sense the way he does it it's very concise it's quick it's to the point gets his points across sometimes his videos go longer but for the most part most of his videos are like 10 to 15 minutes maybe 20 minutes and um, the way he edits the videos are great but that's not necessarily how I wanted to do my stuff like I like to go super in depth with my content, and that means I have to use a lot of footage, and I have to, you know. So I don't know. It's just it's a, it's a frustrating experience for sure. Yeah,
1: yeah, I could see it. That is, yeah, I, I, uh, outside of uh, our third gen, where we, you know, can uh, archive videos on YouTube that we might do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't really do youtube so much but i could understand the absolute frustration that that creatives uh have to go through dealing with that platform and i know there's a lot of there's other platforms um but it just seems that youtube's kind of got the stranglehold on on
0: yeah that's that's the thing youtube is the competition when it comes to like videos on demand like uh just You know, because that's the thing, like uh, we have uh, new platforms like uh, Odyssey and Rumble and Bitchute and all these other sites. Um, In fact, uh, one of the first suggestions I remember hearing from people I was talking to about it's like, well, dude, just upload your vids to fucking Odyssey. And it's like, "Okay, yeah, I, I do have an account and I will do that, but I'm not doing that in the hopes of getting going viral on odyssey because no one's using those platforms like that currently
1: yeah i don't that's just I, there's no because there's
0: not that much traffic there's not or, the, yeah. or if there are people that, that are going there it's for one purpose only if a video goes down on youtube they go to the uh account the, the the backup account on odyssey to then see that video again or to see that video if it went down on youtube yeah jump through hoop yeah yeah it's a, it's a fucking. in fact most people use odyssey as a uh, archival site that's basically what it is currently it's mm-hmm. it, yes it's a good site I think if, if there's any site to uh, pull through um, Odyssey I think would be the one because so far it's the best out of all the ones I've tried Um shoot kind of fell down a fucking uh, they are dealing with their own issues uh, and it's kind of a janky site but like Odyssey is pretty good but but even then, Odyssey still has the issue of like trying to, you know, actually equal or rival Google basically, because mm. because you know YouTube is a Google company, yeah, and Google is a fucking multi-billion-dollar industry, yeah, basically that has their fingers in a lot of pots right now, yeah, you yep. know, and uh, it's like it's hard to beat them, you know, that so.
1: Um, and there's always the fear that another platform if it was getting big would get bought out by google
0: yeah possibly that's (laughs) another. yeah that's another potential for thing to happen too and yeah i don't know so i
1: don't know so you creatives out there mind your p's and q's yeah mind your p's and q's (laughs) always
0: do your research know what's what you can do um but yeah like it's a it's dangerous world out there so yeah be careful watch your step
1: well going on to our next Yeah. Next topic. Next topic. And it just kind of brought it up. And it's something I randomly as we were getting ready for this episode, Mm -hmm. you know, I was thinking of of something to talk about. Yeah. And and I kind of got on this idea of like what how good can can a creative get? How good can an artist get? Is it something that. They can put in a good work ethic to get better and better, and and raise their, you know, their art to a high, high level. And is there, is it true that some people? Because as I was growing up, I just drawing was. Kind, I mean, I put in my ten thousand hours, but it was something that kinda came natural to me. Sure. Um, and I always felt like for the longest time, people would say, "Oh, you're blessed." And all this, and I would downplay it because I actually felt like not like a fraud, but I would see how hard it was for other people to draw. Right, and I could like look at a piece of paper and just kind of stare at it and tilt my head left and right, and my brain starts doing its thing, and then Mm -hmm. I just kind of start sketching. And it's similar. I mean, it's drawing, so it's different than sculpting, but you know, the the sculptor Michelangelo kind of looked at it like, well, the sculptures, you know, in, in the marble, I just got to take pieces off to expose it. And so for me, it wasn't exactly that, but it was a lot of times I could just kind of stare at a piece of paper. And it seemed almost like I could project onto the paper what I wanted to draw. And then it felt like I was almost tracing and so You're talking like a song from The Lion King. Stop that. <laughs> it makes no sense. But yeah, I mean, um, but we were, you know, I brought it up. I'm like, do you think that, you know, there's a difference with creative people and that some, some people are going to have an easier time mm. at it naturally? And if someone else doesn't have that natural talent or ability... Can they raise themselves up to where they can get at that level?
0: Yeah, um, that's the thing. It's it's a very complicated topic because because I think
1: because
0: there's a an unfortunate fact of life. I think um, that it, it's very hard for some people to want to grasp onto because because uh, uh, some people don't want to admit that it's true. But I do believe that there's definitely. A point where uh, because that's the thing it's like there are definitely some people that and I've seen this happen with certain people where I've seen there's people I've known who have drawn for years Uh, you know I was doing art and drawing and all that stuff and I was getting better and better and better and then there's another guy I know who's drawing all the time too but they're not getting better at all like they're staying the same and I think there is a lot of um a lot of uh, what's the word I'm looking for nuances when it comes to these kind of topics. Cause I think there's a lot of things that go into it, your mental state, uh, how much you're willing to learn and put in the, the work uh, to, do, you know, to get better and stuff like that. Cause, cause sometimes the fact of the matter is like, for example, like say uh, if you're trying to draw like uh, the human anatomy, for example, like I, I, I I've gotten pretty decent on, at uh, doing, uh, you know, the human figures and figuring out how, how, how to do that. But that's because I studied the human anatomy and actually looked at like books where it's like you see the muscles and, you know, uh, the differences between the male body and the female body and, you know, how they're structured and, um, you know, just kind of the way certain muscles flex and contort based on how their the, the skeleton is positioned and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know just by practicing that over and over yeah I got better um, but it also can come down to I feel that just some some people just might not have the uh, uh, the it so to fact the it factor like because there are definitely some people where it's like they can learn everything and just for some reason they are not getting better and and uh, like for example um, let's say athletics because I actually mentioned this earlier when we were before we were talking uh, about this on the podcast. Um, Like, uh, let's say. I don't know, like people want to get into the NBA or boxing or whatever. Um, The unfortunate I'll just speak about something I know very well. So uh, MMA, Um, there are a lot of people that become professionals in mixed martial arts, like then go to the UFC or whatever. Um, and uh, in fact, there are pl- there are people that just, you know, they they are very good and they've trained all their life and they that they've that's all they've known is fighting, you know, learning how to grapple, learning how to submit people, learning how to punch people through their fucking skulls yeah. and kick their legs out and all this stuff, snapping bones and, you know, breaking break livers and all that kind of stuff, you know, and they might even rise through the ranks. They might even get to be a contender for the title. But then something happens where they just meet someone way better than them and they get destroyed and then they keep on getting destroyed by better and better talent and they just never get to that point. And I think the reality is, is that um, there are definitely people that can aspire, but there's a reality that not everyone's going to make it. Not everyone's going to, you know, succeed where other people will.
1: Well, I. I I agree with you on part of that. Okay. Um, my agreement is again, you, you kind of mentioned it that people, they might put put in a certain amount of, of effort and, and get better. Um, and that they just don't have the it factor. I, I and I think like when I think of the it factor, um, First off, you have to like define what the it, yeah, it's, it it's factor a, is. It's a and, very vague. Well, yeah, but I would say I'm like okay, the it factor in a lot of cases is a person who, as they're studying the thing that they love and enjoy, um, whether it's art or you know basketball or tennis or whatever dance whatever, they're able to their their mental. Um, state the way that they're able to learn from every experience and not only that be able to critique themselves to realize what their weaknesses are so that they can work at it you know it's 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 to me the it factor has a lot more to do with a mindset um that's why I think there's certain people that can you know they they're interested in something and they get to a certain uh, point as a matter of fact I'm I'm getting back to into playing guitar and I was watching a video and this the video was don't get stuck in the Hendrix hole and so the guy's got a, a Fender Stratocaster and he's playing and it sounds like Jimi Hendrix sure and so he's talking about that he's like you know a lot of people will get stuck because they they figure out what he's doing mm-hmm. and it sounds awesome sure so they do that and they do that and they do and now they're just it's it's fun for them mm-hmm. and they can play it for people but that's it yeah. They they can't get out of that that cage of their own making to be able to play anything else which means they're never going to grow outside of the thing that they know how to do. They, they're they not taking on the things that they don't know how to do in order to grow beyond the thing that they're doing. So yeah, I would say actually that's kind of the thing there. There's definitely going to be some, a person who, again, I, I brought up Kobe Bryant, the basketball player. Mm-hmm. Um, and, people would talk about his crazy work ethic same with Michael Jordan mm-hmm. um, and they had innate ability just yeah. kind of built in they 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 yeah. had yeah. definitely the it factor and they were mentally strong and not only that if uh, i remember hearing a, a story about Kobe Bryant and i can't remember the basketball player but he came in it was one of his his uh, teammates and he came into the the gym to practice and he sees Kobe Bryant and Kobe is just drenched in sweat. Mm -hmm. He's obviously been there for hours. Mm -hmm. And so he starts practicing and Kobe looked like he was ready to stop and go take a shower, but he didn't. And he kept practicing and kept practicing until the guy that came in was like, okay, I'm done. (laughs) And then he's like, okay, now I'm done. And so like the mental, the way that he was able to almost get into this other person's mind, like, I'm not going to quit before you do, even though I've been here <laughs> for hours and you're just starting. Yeah. That's that's a definite like mental strength. Now, I do believe that there's going to be people that are going to get stuck in in this kind of quicksand of doing the same thing over and over. You know it's like one of the hardest things to draw is like the hands or the feet sure okay and you can sit there and draw feet draw feet draw feet and you will not get better but if you and, and the reason why you're not getting better is you're not like looking at anyone who can draw feet or render feet and they say this is how you do it right this is how you you could learn how to get better if they're not willing to you know get their ego out of the way and learn something that they don't know how to do then they're going to continue drawing a foot the same way and then they're they're going to get frustrated and they're going to say something like i just can't draw feet sure which isn't necessarily true they could but it's going to take a mental fortitude to learn the thing that you're uncomfortable with and get out of your 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 comfort zone so that you can grow as an artist right so that's that's where I again I, I it's not like I, I'm super disagreeing with you I just right, definitely, right right I definitely feel like some people it's very easy and it's almost like a default to point the finger at something else beyond besides yourself right and explain that's the reason this thing over here or yeah, this yeah, person yeah. or the, these set of circumstances are the reason why I can't grow or right. get better. And that's really on the artists. themselves. Sure. Yeah. And, and I, I, definitely agree with you. I, I definitely
0: think that um, cause cause yeah, sometimes a good amount of it does come down to your mental state and um, your self image and what you perceive as possible and what is not. Um, and all that stuff you know uh the, the unfortunate reality though i feel too is that you know for there to be winners there have to be losers
1: there is and that's that's I, just the I, sad reality i, of I life. do agree and, and and again that's that's what i'm saying there's Not exactly I'm trying to remember the statement it was i can't remember who said it but it went something like you will never be able to grow beyond your vision of yourself sure and i i agree with that and, and that's sure. that's again it's you and I, I can just, as an artist myself, the reason I'm actually getting a little bit of chills thinking about this because sometimes we'll be talking about things here sure. on the on the podcast, and I'll be giving my my two cents on it, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, "Oh God, I'm doing that." <laughs> <laughs> so no one's perfect. Oh sure, and, you know, and it's kind like of like this—the feeling of—and anyone that's creative in anything is can, will be able to recognize this feeling and that's the feeling of you you're putting a ton of effort into what you do mm-hmm. and you you you're your own worst critic so if you ever get to a point where you're like man I'm feeling pretty good about myself I'm doing pretty well and then you will be exposed to someone else mm-hmm. who's doing the same thing yep. as you yep. and you look at it and your jaw hits the floor and you just go oh my god I want to quit right. cuz it's uh, so yeah. good you know and and like tattooing you know, I've tattooed for 20 years and I've seen artists and they're like, yeah, I've been tattooing for five. And I'm like, what? Oh my God. It's so good. A lot of times they have, you know, a good mentor, you know, someone that can teach them the tricks of the trade, so to speak. So it's going to, that's definitely going to um, advance their, their talent at a a greater speed um, than just doing it, yourself in a vacuum and and trying to learn by yourself Um, nowadays again we're talking about YouTube earlier there is so much information out there for anyone who wants to learn anything or get better at the thing that they already are doing and they enjoy Um, there's so much um, resources resources that you can reach out to with a couple of clicks yeah um, that can elevate what you're doing to the next level and you know don't take that for granted i'd say revel in that yeah you know and but at the same time you know there, you have to come to the uh, the uh the realization that I, like i am an individual i'm me yeah so i can see someone else that's doing something and it's incredible and i can aspire to get to that level but it's always going to be me right. who's doing it so it's always going to be different you know, one of the things actually as a tattoo artist that I see a lot of these days, and I see it in, in, in other things. I see it in, you know, rap music and, and some of the popular music that's out today, as well as tattooing, where you see a style that does not stand out. It's a lot. There's right now fine line tattooing is all the rage. And it seems like a lot of the younger or the people that are, you know, don't have as much experience, only got a couple of years under their experience. They're doing that exclusively. And I'm I'm like, okay, that's cool. Like you're able to do this and make money at it. But if I see that style of tattoo on someone, I have no idea who did it. Right. Because it's one of many people doing the exact same thing. Same with rap when I was growing up in the 80s and and rap was really blowing up and hip hop and all that. It was a a crime to sound like someone else. Mm -hmm. They would be like, you're biting so-and-so's style and that's messed up and stuff like that. And nowadays, everyone tries to sound the same. You know, so, so, (laughs) you know, you got to find your own voice. Um, in anything. sure, And that's one of the things that's going to make you stand out as opposed to trying to just emulate someone else and, you know, do derivative work. Uh, That's not going to, that's not going to, I mean, one of my favorite artists is Jean-Michel Basquiat. And I've just on Instagram, I've ended up following, I ended up unfollowing them, but there's been a couple artists where it's like, they're literally trying to just recreate his style. Right. Which is cool because I like his style right. But then I'm like, well you're you're reveling in your artistry, but you're you know you're you're just recreating someone else's work. yeah. So how is you know to me I, I couldn't really pat myself on the back if I am painting just like Rembrandt, even though that's right. awesome, but it's not me. I'm redoing what someone already did right I'm not bringing anything new to the tape it's
0: not progressive uh, in any way like you're not you're not progressing as an artist and and that's the thing there's a lot of people where it's like that's where they get stuck they 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 in fact that's here's the thing too like it's not uncommon for other artists to like emulate other artists to learn how to do something better Mm -hmm. and get better as an artist but eventually there's a part uh, there's a point where you stagnate and once you're stagnating and you're not seeing any more progression, that's where that's very tricky. And that's when you have to really think, okay, what can I do to truly be a unique flower, so to speak in this world? And, um, you know, and that's the thing, some people will just never progress past that point and they'll just stay in that space. And in fact, um, I kind of wanted to mention this while we were talking, um, because, uh, you know like in fact i even could be even kind of talked about this on the podcast before like uh, how do you know when you're on the right path and um how do, how do you know when you're not on the right path and um you know the thing is you know sometimes when people will do stuff like uh you know illustration or painting or you know music or whatever there there comes a point i feel where you you might have liked it initially to learn how to do it but then there's a point where you just you stop feeling the the magic so to speak, you don't feel it in your soul, like it's just something about it, just not working, and you know. And there's definitely some people out there. In fact, this is why I said, like, for for every for every winner, there has to be a loser. And the reality is that there's a definitely a good amount of people where they they think they want it, and and they they might try it for a while and it might feel right, but eventually there comes this point where you just. Hit that fucking wall, and you're like, I don't know if this is for me. The moment you hit that point, reconsider your options.
1: Yeah, actually, coming to that point, as you were talking, I was thinking, you know, it, it kind of falls in line with that the video, the YouTube video I was talking about about don't fall into a Hendrix hole. Um, any artist, because talking about emulation, any artist when they're learning, they're going to copy. Yeah. Okay, if you go to art school, they will eventually take you to the local museum. And you you might even if you're just visiting a museum, you might see young people sitting up against the wall, looking at a drawing or a painting and sitting there redrawing it. Um, And I actually remember when I was in high school, I was I was very interested in like Olivia and um, uh, Frank Frazetta and um, Boris Vallejo. These are my heroes, and I love their art, and I would copy it. And I remember people, because I had my group of kind of artistic friends, and getting people, ah, oh, you just copied, you just copied. And, you know, especially my buddy Dino, uh, who I grew up with, he would break my balls about that all the time. Um, and then I had another friend, uh, we were all friends together, uh, Nathan Christian. You can rest in peace. Um, but I remember one day, This is after I'd like gotten married and, you know, I ended up. So I didn't see everyone for a couple years. And then I came back. I remember I brought a, a portfolio and I showed it to him. And this stuff was my art. Right. And he's like, wow. He was really impressed. And he goes, you know why? He goes, you know how John and Dino and people would. Break your balls for copying. And I'm like, yeah. He goes, You you ever realize I never did? And I'm like, I did. Actually, it was, (laughs) you were, I like you because you never gave me shit about that. He goes, Yeah, but we're all musicians. Right. And they never thought about the fact that we're covering Black Sabbath and covering, you know, Morbid Angel and covering punk songs. And so they were doing the same thing. Most metal bands have covered Black Sabbath tunes at one point. Yeah. And so, but. (laughs) But I'd say this is this is the big and this is a this is a gym for you out there if you're finding yourself stuck. If if you're copying, the longer you copy, the longer you copy, mm-hmm. the harder it becomes to find your own voice. Yeah. Because you'll get good again. That comfort zone is can be quicksand. You know, you can do something and it's good, but it's it's again something that someone else has done and so for you to if you take a long time doing that and don't strike out ever doing your own thing it becomes harder and harder and it's it's way outside of your comfort zone which as a as an artist of any sort if you feel that you're good at what you're doing but you're good because you've you've emulated others when you go to try and do something yourself it's not easy which is a big you know it'll punch you as far as your anxiety Mm -hmm. you know because you're like oh my god i suck because you're trying to do something new so yeah definitely you know i think uh anyone and everyone that's that's a creative person you know should do some copying and studying you know other people that are doing or who have done what you want to do but you have to eventually find your own voice and you have to strike out and Find your inner voice, find the thing that's going to help you tell the stories you want to tell, you know, not copying stories that someone else has already told. So just keep that in mind. You know, it's always good to copy people that you that you that inspire you. But you eventually have to step away and and start doing things that come directly from you. Yeah. And you know? and, and that's the thing, too, To I think, to start wrapping this up.
0: Um you know, because the the topic was like, is it possible for everyone to be a great artist or to even be an artist? And, you know, I, I definitely think it's possible for people to be an artist and to be good, but for everyone, maybe not so much, or for other people, maybe not so much. It's that way
1: for it, everything. That's, you, it's for it, everything. And, people, and usually, people start businesses all the time. Yeah. 90% it, yeah, of usually, them don't work out. Yeah, usually the best thing you can do is find out
0: what works for you and uh in fact um there was a clip that i uh talked to you about before the podcast started mm. and um in fact uh, it's from the movie ratatouille because they're after the scene where um in the film which i i would i would say spoilers but it's not really spoilers at this point if everyone's you, seen it everyone's seen it or if you haven't seen it watch the fucking film it's really good but um. But the critic finally gets uh, some food from Gusto's to do his uh, criticism of uh, the restaurant. And, of course, a fucking rat cooked him some ratatouille. And then the, the, the chef, you know, he's like, oh, or the, the critic loved it. And he's like, I want to meet the chef. And so the dude, uh, the, the redheaded stepchild, or whatever the fuck his name is, takes the, the chef out, quote-unquote, and reveals to him that it's a rat. And so he goes back to his flat. Mind blown. To, yeah, mind blown. <laughs> and uh, this is what he ended up saying. And uh, it's one of my favorite quotes from the film.
3: A critic is easy. We risk very little, yet enjoy a position over those who offer up their work and themselves to our judgment. We thrive on negative criticism, which is fun to write and to read. But the bitter truth we critics must face is that in the grand scheme of things the average piece of junk is probably more meaningful than our criticism designating it so. But there are times when a critic truly risks something, and that is in the discovery and defense of the new. The world is often unkind to new talent, new creations, the new needs friends last night i experienced something new an extraordinary meal from a singularly unexpected source to say that both the meal and its maker have challenged my preconceptions about fine cooking is a gross understatement they have rocked me to my core in the past I have made no secret of my disdain for Chef Gusto's famous motto, Anyone can cook. But I realize only now do I truly understand what he meant. Not everyone can become a great artist. But a great artist can come from anywhere.
0: And with that, I think that's a perfect place to wrap it up. Yes, indeed. So anyways thank you guys for listening to the final podcast
1: of the year yeah we're gonna be taking a break for the christmas slash uh, new year's we're uh, gonna reevaluate for the new year yeah uh, we're gonna want we're gonna start actually uh filming these yeah yeah we've and been talking about on youtube yeah we've
0: been talking about doing that we we need to kind of assess uh logistically how we're gonna do that um what will work best but, uh, but yeah, we do have plans for the future for next year and so on and so forth. And um, yeah, it's going to be a busy year next year for sure. Or at least that's the plan. <laughs> anyways.
1: And st- uh, thanks to all our listeners uh, for sitting down and giving us this chance to <laughs> enlighten you and enlighten ourselves uh, through this podcast. We really appreciate you and we will see you next year. Have a great day. We're out. All right. Have a good one, guys. Peace.